a roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business. Welcome to this edition of Global Business. I'm Jody Rose. Coming up on the program. Strengthening ties, Chinese President Xi Jinping arrives in Hanoi for two-day stay visit as both countries look to strengthen bilateral relations. Development blueprint, China unveils measures to boost integrated development in domestic and foreign trade. An in-depth analysis will take a close look at the key measures and targets set at Central Financial World Conference to drive economic growth and financial reform. Xi Jinping, General Secretary of the Communist Party of China Central Committee and Chinese President, has arrived in the Vietnamese capital Hanoi for a two-day stay visit. In written remarks released upon his arrival, Xi Jinping said he expects to have an in-depth exchange of views with Vietnamese leaders on strategic issues critical to the future of bilateral ties and relations between the country's communist parties. International and regional issues of common concerns are also on the agenda. This state visit marks Xi's first trip to Vietnam since 2017. Following his arrival, she was given a warm welcome on the streets of Hanoi. Ahead of the visit, Vietnam's Nam Dan newspaper published a signed article by Xi. In the article, President Xi said the two sides have conducted exchanges with mutual trust, exchanged common interest with mutual beneficial cooperation, grown closer through friendly exchanges and treated each other with sincerity. He said China hopes the two nations will promote the building of a China-Vietnam community with a shared future that carries strategic significance. She highlighted the need for strategic communication and leveraging complementary strength to achieve this goal. He suggested accelerating the synergy between the Belt and Road Initiative and the two corridors and one economic circle strategy, as well as expanding cooperation in connectivity, state-owned enterprises reform, green energy and critical minerals. Additionally, Xi Jinping stressed the importance of friendly exchanges, managing differences effectively and expanding consensus between the two countries. He also proposed increasing direct flights to encourage more tourists to visit China, to visit China and Vietnam. Prior to Chinese President Xi Jinping's stay visit to Vietnam, our reporter Dong Xue sat down with Xiong Bo, the Chinese ambassador to Vietnam, to discuss Beijing's role in promoting bilateral ties. Mr. Ambassador, great to have you on CGTM. I want to start with your expectations of Chinese President Xi Jinping's upcoming visit to Vietnam. The visit is indeed very important, and we are looking forward to it. This year marks the 15th year of the China-Vietnam Comprehensive Strategic Cooperative Partnership. After 15 years of profound accumulation, conditions are now fully equipped for further upgrades. We believe that under the guidance of the top leaders of the two countries and the top leaders of the two parties, this visit will set a new orientation for China-Vietnam relations in the new era and define the new direction for the development of China-Vietnam relations. The Comprehensive Strategic Partnership is the highest diplomatic engagement for Vietnam with other foreign countries. How would you evaluate the current states of China-Vietnam relationship? I must emphasize the unique nature of China-Vietnam relations. China and Vietnam are both socialist countries led by the Communist Party and friendly neighbors 
connected by mountains and rivers. Bilateral relations combining these elements are rare in the world, linked by mountains and rivers, closely connected by lips and teeth, like-minded and sharing a common destiny. These 16 words should be the most distinctive feature of China-Vietnam relations. President Ho Chi Minh once described the deep friendship between China and Vietnam as that of comrades and brothers. This vividly portrays China-Vietnam relations. We aim to further develop China-Vietnam relations, intending to issue a high-quality political document and reach dozens of cooperation agreements covering political, economic, local and financial feuds during President Xi's visit. The South China Sea remains a long-standing flashpoint in the region. It could pose a threat to Asia or even to the world. So how do you think China and Vietnam can cooperate together to uphold the peace and stability in the South China Sea? Maritime issues are partial concerns within the broader context of China-Vietnam relations. The key lies in properly managing differences and resolutely avoiding any impact on the overall development of bilateral relations. China and Vietnam have established multi-level dialogue and communication mechanisms on maritime issues. The channels of communication are open and the two sides have actively promoted maritime cooperation, including joint patrols, managing pollution discharge in the sea, and cooperating through fishery agreements. It is hoped that these cooperative efforts will eventually build mutual trust and create conditions for the thorough settlement of maritime differences in the future. China has emphasized the importance of building a digital Silk Road as an important and integral part of the Belt and Road Initiative. This concept was initially introduced at the first Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation in 2017. China called for the construction of a digital Silk Road that encompasses the development of artificial intelligence, nanotechnology and quantum computing, as well as the establishment of big data, cloud computing and smart cities among the Belt and Road partner countries. In line with these efforts, the Vietnamese government has also recognized the potential of the fourth industrial revolution and announced a plan to fully leverage the opportunities it, present, it presents by 2030. The plan aims to incorporate new technologies into various aspects of society and develop a growth model that is supported by these technologies. During a recent meeting in Hanoi, attended by commerce ministers from both China and Vietnam, China expresses his commitment to uh, support Vietnam's infrastructure development. This includes strengthening support for the construction of railways and 5G infrastructure in Vietnam, as well as accelerating investment in its digital economy and green development initiatives. Meanwhile, bilateral cooperation between China and Vietnam has also seen fruitful results on green energy cooperation. China's first metallurgical group has established the largest green power plant in Vietnam. The plant can handle 4,000 tons of municipal solid waste per day and generate electric power of 90 million watts. Also in the first seven months of 2023, China's silicon wafer exports to Vietnam exceeded 780 million US dollars, an increase of over 16%, accounting for over 25% of China's total photovoltaic silicon 
silicon wafer exports in the period. As of May of 2022, Chinese enterprises have invested in or constructed more than 70 wind power projects in Vietnam. And Vietnam has replaced Australia as the country with the largest number of new and cumulative imports of Chinese wind turbines. For more insights on China-Vietnam cooperation, let's bring in Li Yong, Chief Researcher and DNC Think Tank. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Li. Uh, I was quite surprised when I read all these numbers, yep. uh, this deep cooperation between China and Vietnam. I have another number to share with you. That's the trade number. Mm -hmm. It used to be only $2 billion, $2.4 billion in 2000s, but it grew in 2022 to $200 billion. So it's mm -hmm. 100, not percent, but times growth right. in the past 20 years. Yes. It's phenomenal. And also along the Belt and Road Initiative, it really helped uh, support a lot of the Vietnam's development. Tell us about your understanding of this Belt and Road Initiative development in Vietnam. First, and I think you know, this is very important and critical for, uh, you know, I mean, the uh, Belt and Road Initiative is related to uh, Vietnamese path up to modernization. And that is, you know, related to uh, helping. I mean, the uh, the initiative, the Belt and Road Initiative, is related uh, ha to helping uh, Vietnam uh, basically to develop their uh, the infrastructure needed for economic development, industrial base, for example, and technology ca capability. So, so the Belt and Road Initiative, uh, particularly in the context of China and Vietnam relations is very comprehensive it is not just about trade it is also about the future development and of course uh, the uh, intertwined relationship and uh, you know the future prosperity of the both countries yeah uh, mr. Lee we see that China is pushing forward with this digital Silk Road as a recognized a need among many developing countries to transform its uh, economy and industry into more digitalized, uh, 5G-driven, innovation-driven, mm -hmm. and uh, Vietnam is among the countries that react very proactively in uh, embracing right. this digital wave. What's yeah. your observation? Well, I think you know, digital economy is going to play a very important role in the broader context of the global development. Uh, Vietnam attaches great importance you know, among all the other, uh, you know, development initiatives, you know, on the uh, development of digital economy. And they have a digital economy strategy, uh, which is very ambitious and uh, uh, aggressive in a sense. Uh, they wanted to, you know, by 2025, that is two years later, you know, they are going to develop the economy as such that uh, digital economy is going to account for 20% of the GDP. And, one, uh, and then again, uh, by 2030, you know, they wanted to have digital economy share in GDP to be 30%. So that, I think, is the goal. And around the goal, you know, that will require, you know, not, not just, yeah. yes, not that just the investment, you know, by the, uh, you know, the Vietnamese government itself, but also, you know, global cooperation, basically, you know, the cooperation with China and China's digital economy has developed very fast. China has 5G, yeah. 5G and, and All material, the and, and not just them, and also the experiences and expertise of operating it. So, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of uh, synergy, complementarity, 
you know, in the process of working with China in the area of digital development. You know, China can help. Uh, you know, uh, Vietnam in terms of building the uh, digital infrastructure, but also can you know do a lot. You know, to help them, for example, to develop the talents needed in the process of achieving their digital goals. Yeah, I understand their 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 need, Vietnam's need, because they they have more than a hundred million. Uh, people. It's mm -hmm. quite, quite a large uh, uh, population there, right. and the transformation, the need to transform into digital economy is understandable. What about the green economy? It, it surprises me as I learned that it surpasses Australia in importing wind turbines from China, right. and importing photovoltaic wafers from China. So right. it's quite serious in transforming into a green economy. Tell us about the mentality, the, the logic behind this. Right, point. yes. You know, uh, as part of the global uh, community, Vietnam uh, obviously is part of the global effort to fight climate change. So this is the fundamental reason I think Vietnam wanted to develop develop mm. its own uh, you know, re renewable energy sector and thereby contributing to the global effort of fighting you know, the climate change. So this is the fundamental reason. And then there's a kind of a reality factor because you know, Vietnam you know, is in a stage that they will need more, for example, uh, electricity. Yeah, power. And uh, right now, I think you know there, they, there's a kind of a general lack of electricity. They wanted to you know generate more you know electricity to power, for example, the economic development and In how they should way, achieve yes. that. Yeah. Yes, you know they need to have sustainable technologies to generate the uh, power, you know the energy that will be for needed for future. Growth. Right. Yeah, so that I think is the reason you know why they wanted to develop green technology. That's very strategic. Yes. Thank you for your insights, Mr. Liu. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this year marks the 15th anniversary of the establishment of the Comprehensive Strategic Cooperative Partnership between China and Vietnam. Since 2016, Vietnam has consistently remained China's largest trading partner within the ASEAN region. Official data reveals that during the first 11 months of this year, the total import and export volume between the two countries exceeded $1.45 trillion and up 3.6 percent on a yearly basis. Additionally, foreign trade between China and Vietnam reached a record high in November with over 160 billion yuan. Goods traded include computer components, lithium batteries and agricultural products such as oranges and grapes. There has also been a notable recovery in cross-border trade between the two countries. China and Vietnam are well connected by land and sea, but rail connectivity still lags behind. Vietnam is actively focusing on enhancing this area. Citizens Mira Lu visits a train station in Hanoi to bring you this report. Vietnam already has rail connections to China, but the system is archaic and limited in capacity. It also lacks interoperability. Trains have to stop at the border and transfer goods to domestic services reducing the efficiency of rail as a mode of transport. Both countries are actively seeking solutions to overcome these hurdles. A recently launched freight train service between Shijiazhuang in China and Hanoi is one such example. It reduces travel time by half and helps establish better connectivity between Hanoi and northern China. A strategic location for Vietnamese goods 
to go beyond the Chinese border. This train helps businesses of two countries have better opportunities to trade goods. The reason is that Hebei is a province located deep inland, far from seaports. Currently, the time for the freight train to run from Shijiazhuang to Yanvian or Yanvian to Shijiazhuang is six days, compared to shipping by sea, which takes 13 to 14 days. Here in the Yanvian station in Hanoi, containers of fresh food and food products are being transported to China. On the other way, steel and raw materials for the textile and manufacturing industries come back to fuel the Vietnamese economy. Operators say they have witnessed an annual growth of 30 percent since 2017 till last year. Analysts say that despite enjoying the advantage of its proximity to China, Vietnam has not fully capitalized on its potential. The trade relationship has been strong, but has been also limited due to um, not enough trading routes. Laos, for example, has uh, profited much more with a high-speed rail connection between Kunming and, and Vientiane. Vietnam hasn't been part of it. And uh, it's true, this summer there has been uh, a new freight train has launched a two-way freight uh, and cargo shipment between Hanoi and Shijiazhuang in northern China. However, it cannot carry as much as uh, these newer tracks. Marco Foster expects China and Vietnam to potentially upgrade their underdeveloped rail lanes, especially through northern Vietnam's rare earth-rich areas. This upgrade will be strategic, as it would connect Vietnam's rare earth heartland to the country's top ports in the north. Mirulu, CGTN, Hanoi. Cooperation between China and neighboring Vietnam is expanding, including educational exchanges. Yang Jinghao talked to some Vietnamese students and teachers in China to learn about their life here and expectations. This university in southwest China's Yunnan province sits on the border with Vietnam. It hosts around 160 students from the Southeast Asian country, many of whom are studying Chinese here. Chinese is very popular in Vietnam nowadays, and I want to become a Chinese teacher in Vietnam after I graduate, which is why I've chosen it as my major. Huang Zabu, a graduating student, shares the belief that learning the language will assist him in securing an ideal job. Vietnam and China are good neighbors, and many Chinese companies have established factories in my country, creating many job opportunities. Similarly, Vietnamese is also a popular major here. Hathi Kem Yen has been teaching here for 10 years and has established a family in the city. Many of my students do Vietnamese-related jobs after graduation. Some go to Vietnam for further studies or work opportunities. I think that although it's an ordinary job, it's meaningful. In a sense, this proves that the relationship between our two countries is getting better. Educational exchanges here are much more than language learning. 
的高效呢 ？We have built three joint laboratories with Vietnamese universities, mainly focusing on modern agriculture, smart logistics, new metallurgical materials, and tourism. The program aims to promote industrial development through technological innovation. Both the students and teachers say they hope the two countries can further promote connectivity in various ways. I'm looking forward to deepened educational exchanges following Chinese President Xi Jinping's visit to Vietnam. I hope the Chinese government can provide scholarships to more Vietnamese students to help them come to China and learn about the country. Yang Jinghao, CGTN, Yunnan Province. Come up next. China unveils measures to boost integrated development of domestic and foreign trade with an eye on enhancing economic connectivity. The world economy as we know it is about to change. Global business reports highlight emerging markets, developing countries, and dynamic sectors worldwide. We feature top analysts and newsmakers to provide perspectives on every facet of business. From an on-the-ground perspective, we provide you with balanced and objective assessments, fast, sharp, and insightful. Global business only on CGTN. China's State Council has unveiled a set of measures aimed at accelerating the integrated development of domestic and foreign trade. The council emphasized that this acceleration is crucial for establishing a new development pattern and promoting high-quality economic growth. These measures are also intended to bolster domestic demand and stabilize enterprises in China. The measures focus on improving the alignment of domestic and foreign trade rules and systems to facilitate smooth flows of resources in domestic and international trade. The measures also include supporting companies engaged in foreign trade to expand their presence in the domestic market and encourage domestic firms to tap opportunities in foreign markets. Recognizing the significance of fiscal and financial policies in driving integral development, the State Council has called for the support in facilitating the implementation of these measures. In October, the Central Financial Work Conference in Beijing emphasized China's commitment to financial stability, highlighting the need to enhance debt management and real estate sector regulations. The conference set higher goals for China's financial work. Aiming to provide higher quality services, create a favorable monetary environment, and offer premium financial services for strategic sectors. It also emphasized optimizing fund supply structures, directing more resources towards technological innovation, advanced manufacturing, green development, and supporting small and medium-sized enterprises. Chinese state-owned bank ICBC has opened a yuan clearing bank in Almaty, Kazakhstan. The Industrial Commercial Bank of China is the first Chinese bank to operate in Kazakhstan, and this newly established branch represents Kazakhstan's first yuan clearing bank. The move will allow enterprises and financial institutions of the two countries to use yuan for cross-border transactions and further promote bilateral trade investment. China officially became Kazakhstan's top trading partner in July this year. The establishment of the Yuan Clearing Bank will streamline trade and investment between the two countries, fostering stronger economic collaboration.
For more insights on the new measures launched by the State Council, we're joined by Wang Dan, Chief Economist at Hansen Bank China. Thank you for joining us, Ms. Wang Dan. Can you provide us overview of the key points outlined in the measures on accelerating the integrated development of domestic and foreign trade issued by the State Council? Uh, in this announcement, there are multiple points, but to me, there are main two highlights that stand out. One is about exploring new markets, um, because domestic producers have improved their technique and the cost efficiency is so high now. The scale of domestic eco economy, albeit big, is not enough to absorb all the production capacity. So there is a need to explore new overseas market, especially consumer market. And Southeast Asia is one of the key areas. And secondly, there has to be a establishment of a standard. The standard for domestic trade and foreign trade have to be aligned. Mm. Previously, uh, companies and products have to follow different standards and that have created trade barriers and we need to eliminate that. Right. What are your key takeaways from the recent Central Financial World Conference? We know there are already many talks around that and also the Central Financial Commission meeting. Um, the Central Financial World Conference is mostly about containing financial risks. Um, during this economic downturn, the main risks in China is associated with housing market. One way or another, regional banks are highly exposed to the sector. So when we look, uh, read out uh, the language in the Financial World Conference, we can notice that many languages about containing on the baseline risks, uh, rescuing banks and key players in the market. So in the coming years, we might see more consolidation of the smaller regional banks, as well as the bailout of some of the largest real estate developers. Okay, so it's risk control. Now in the pursuit of a financially robust economy, or Jinrong the meetings emphasized the importance of establishing a modern financial system to facilitate the high quality development of China's finance. How can a modern financial system be effectively built? Well, for China's financial system, uh, although it's one of the largest in the world, the liquidity and the interaction with the rest of the world are rather limited. So in the next step, we need to make sure that the financial system is not only a way to provide the line blood for China's real economy, but it has to work as one of those highly value-added services sector that can provide jobs and offer high-quality services to Chinese people and foreign investors. So now we have seen improvement in the banking system and in the capital market. And the next step is to make the rules more transparent and provide more liquidity to the producers and domestic consumers. Thank you so much for your insights. That's Ms. Wang Dan, Chief Economist at Hansen Bank China. And wrap up this edition of Global Business on Digital.